Welcome to episode two of the Rocky Mountain Racing Review Podcast. Uh, we worked with the community with this one. We got some special interviews from the guys out of the track, and uh, we got some race tech tips for you to uh, remove rust off of uh, some of your parts. And uh, overall, just some uh, more content for you guys on the podcast. So this episode is brought to you by Original Privateer. Original Privateer represents the privateer racer and the motocross action sport lifestyle. Dirt bikes, motocross, supercross, and free riding is our culture. We stand for a lifestyle that refuses to dwell in the common. There's more to these sports than the thrill. There's freedom, endurance, and the faith. Freedom in the risk, endurance in the pain, and the faith in accepting the challenge. There is wisdom to be gained. Embrace it. Have faith over fear. In life, you cannot win the race by following. This is what we're made of. These are the codes that guide us and the passion that propels us. Thrill brings us together. Over the screaming of our engines, we can leave the noises of life behind. We ride. We are original privateer. T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and motocross and supercross apparel. Honoring the free souls, the risk takers, and the adventures. Once again, I would like to thank you, the listener. Without all of you sharing and helping grow the audience, none of this would be possible. Let's continue to grow and make Colorado the motocross destination. We switched things up for this episode and have some track interviews from guys that all race different classes. Uh, we asked them what they did for off-season training and uh, what they were doing out there at IMI. That was the track that we went to. We also made an Instagram story asking uh, you, the listeners, what topics you wanted to listen to. Uh, and Griffin Maxwell underscore 808 responded wanting to hear about an episode that talks about the dangers and injuries of racing. So we have some good smooth transitions with guys uh, interviews out in the track for that. So we all know that motocross is super, super dangerous. Uh, we've all had friends that to lose their lives or be seriously injured so uh one thing that you got to keep in mind is you need good gear so uh first things first we're going to start from the ground up and uh starting with your boots um my first mistake when i first started out i bought a hundred dollar pair of fox boots or whatever that lasted a whole i think like three or four rides or something like that and then the soles wore out or just chewed right through them and then you could feel them right through your feet um they had no ankle support um so one thing i would recommend to people um i understand that um there's always stuff that like there's there's used um facebook's a wonderful thing for uh buying stuff on so there's always used products out there and you can always kind of um be able to save some money uh going down different avenues but um, one thing I wouldn't cut short on is a, a good pair of boots. Uh, I ride Tech Sevens. Um, they're the like kind of more on the the least, not least, but uh, the mid range of boots and everything. Uh, they're still like three hundred and forty, three hundred and sixty bucks. So they're still expensive. But uh, the Tech Tens, the top tier ones, are six hundred bucks, uh, five ninety nine, or sometimes you can find them for four hundred bucks. But Without that being said, uh, I still think you need in a good, 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 good pair of boots. Um, some guys ride Fox. Some guys ride Garniers. Um, 
CDs, uh, probably pronouncing a lot of these other ones wrong, but yeah, there's a lot of good, good different types of boots out there. They all have their own things. Um, mine was always the Tech Sevens, um, even because even like the Tech Fives, I don't think have enough ankle support and everything, and not stiff enough to to support you enough. Um, so. Yeah, don't go short on a, a, a good set of boots. You need a good pair of boots. Um, so then you work your way up to your knees. Um, at the minimum, bare minimum, you need some kind of brace, uh, not a brace, but uh, guards over your knees, uh, your platellas. Um, I've seen some pretty nasty videos and nasty uh, pictures of guys who've been, like, who've been hit with foot pegs right on the platella, and it's pretty gross. So... Um, I recommend getting uh, some of the knee pads or whatever at a bare minimum. Um, if it was me or my kids or just me personally, um, I used to have the EVS like three. Like they were three ninety nine for a pair, I think, or maybe each. No, I think they were a pair. They were a pair. Um, they were probably like the more affordable like knee braces at the time. Um, and this is another lesson learned. Um, I will not buy cheap knee braces. Um, I, everybody knows I, I blew out my PCL, um, off of the triple IMI, uh, the bike folded me over and I kissed my pinky toe. I was very fortunate that, uh, uh, I didn't blow up my whole knee, but they bent and everything. Um, and they still, um, didn't quite protect my knee because they would always slide down. Uh, they were just not a good knee brace. You couldn't grip the bike very well. I, Kind of picked on uh, or picked up on uh, Ryan Villapoto. He had multiple knee injuries and everything. He switched over to Mobius braces. You never heard of him having a knee injury ever again. Um, so then I switched over to, and I also liked how they sold them per the pair for almost the price of like a single one of a legit like CTI brace or something like that. I know a lot of guys like the CTI braces. Um, I know. Um, Brett Q and everybody loves the hell out of him and everything. Um, but Brett Q still had multiple um, knee injuries, still wearing them too. So, but he's he's a more way more way more advanced rider than any of us. So uh, I understand, and uh, he probably has the top tier of the the CTI. So um, he's probably protected it just as good as the the Mobius. So uh, I'm not biased towards anything. I just know what works for me. Also, just as customer experience, this is kind of like a review for Mobius braces as well, just because I have a set. Um, they have the best customer service I've ever witnessed within a company in my life. Um, that goes for everything, even outside of motocross. Um, I've sent them my braces after my dog chewed up one of them and needed them super rushed. They fixed everything. Um, and not only did they fix what my dog chewed up, they replaced everything, uh, new foam, new straps, everything without even charging me. Um, and they didn't even charge me for what my dog chewed up. All I had to do was pay for shipping. They replaced everything. They updated everything too. And this was the third time I sent it to them. So the first time they updated the cable, it used to be metal cable way back in the day when they first made them. And then over time it would like, as you bend your knee and everything, that cable would wear out, either cut people, um, it would pin or like stab people or something or uh, it would wear back and forth and just snap and it would break off. So they moved to this like fiberglass fiber um, cord or something like that. So then they updated me with that. Um, 
and then they have these like then from there they must have had another kind of like issues or something of it getting cut after it wore so they added these little balls to it so then the second time i set my braces they updated me with that um so then my fellow rider friends and everything also have mobius braces and they told me when they sent theirs back just recently that the padding on the back of the the pad and stuff they updated that where um instead of the the velcro stuff they went to like a like a like a clip or some kind of like snap kind of thing so uh I'm I need to send my my pair in and get updated again so they'll they they have just outstanding customer service and I've had some pretty sketchy uh dabs and stuff with my knee um and I'm pretty thankful that uh I was wearing my Mobius braces sorry it's late uh sorry it's it's real life podcasting I won't edit that out so um but yeah so um the, the, the Mobius braces are pretty sweet. I would recommend those. So then working your way up, um, I wear compression shorts or anything. I know a lot of guys wear Ethicas or uh, Stance um, shorts and stuff, uh, the kind of the tighter boxer brief style underwear. Um, I just wear compression shorts and along with those. Um, I also, what, th- uh, sorry, I'm trying to explain it. It's sliding pants and everything, like baseball sliding pants uh, that mixed with, um, the, the compression shorts, shorts, um, or the football, uh, girdle, the, the padding pants, those work great. Um, for the guys like myself, when I was first started out who fell down quite a bit and you started scraping your pat, uh, your hips and everything, those worked great to prevent all that stuff and, uh, make sure that you were kind of protecting your skin a little bit, but, uh, to each their own that it does get kind of hot wearing all this stuff too. But, um, to safety always first so then working up to your chest i always recommend a chest protector not a wrist protector yes there are two different things chest protector is going to be able to take an impact wrist protector is just protecting you from the guy throwing up dirt at you and and uh um, from the the pellets and everything and not making your skin bruise uh chest protectors for when you wad it and uh it protects your your ribs your shoulders um, and etc. So uh, I recommend a good uh, chest protector, not a roost protector. Uh, for the more advanced riders and everything, yes, go with a roost protector because um, most of the time I always forget my chest protector. But then I wa- wreck at Wild Rat and I puncture a lung by breaking a rib. So I always recommend, uh, I from now on, whenever I'm racing, I, even when I'm practicing, I need to remind myself to wear a chest protector. So then you work your way up to the, your neck. Um, I used to wear a neck brace and everything. I know they've changed them and updated them, but I broke my collarbones multiple times wearing my neck brace on very minor falls. Um, I feel like all well, the neck brace did exactly what it was supposed to do and transferred all the load onto my shoulders, but uh, I, it snapped my collarbones twice, uh, one on each side. I've broken my collarbones three times on uh, each arm, um, but other than that, uh, so that's why I quit wearing the neck brace. Uh, after I quit wearing the neck brace, um, I, I stopped breaking my collarbones, but I've also got a tight neck and my neck hurts <laughs> now. But so please wear a neck brace if you want, if you want to be as safe as possible and everything, we, we don't want any spinal inju- injuries or anything. So they do, the science does back them up. So if you, uh, can't afford a neck brace, wear one. Um, but 
if you choose not to, uh, I support that as well. Uh, but moving on to the helmet, you need a very good helmet. Um, the new technology and everything coming out with either the MIPS or the new fluid technology now. I haven't tried the fluid one, but I hear they're sweet. Um, I, I hear they're really super comfortable, so I, I'm kind of excited to try that. Um, the MIPS technology for me, uh, I wore a size medium Fox helmet, and I've taken some serious wads with it, and I popped right back up, and everybody kind of were, were astonished that I popped back up and started riding again. So uh, it all comes down to good equipment. Goggles and everything, uh, I don't really care too much about goggles. Yes, they're needed, but uh, cheaper the better. Uh, you go through them really quick. Um, some guys like Oakley, some guys like 100%. Um, yeah, they're just goggles. Whatever makes you fly uh, or go faster, sender. So uh, that's that's pretty much with gear. So now that we're safe, injuries still hap- happen even though we wear this protective gear. So uh, some of the more serious injuries or the most common injuries we have are collarbones, our wrists, our knees, and usually, yeah, ribs. So uh, kind of the common things that you've already heard in the, the previous, uh, earlier in the segment and everything. So we talked to Daniel D, uh, Dio, Daniel, because everybody can't pronounce his name, even with me. I guarantee it, I'd butcher it. But uh, even, and I'm Croatian, I know it's, uh, I think they're uh, Slov- like uh, Slovak, more on the the Pol- Polak side and everything. So uh, you'd think I'd come to be able to expect to, to pronounce it, but I'll still butcher it and he'll make fun of me. He'll still make fun of me after listening to the podcast. But uh, we, we had an interview with him and uh, he had some great tips and stuff. So I'll play the, the clip from the track at IMI that he had to say. With you coming back from an in- injury, Daniel, uh, tell us, kind of walk us through your thoughts, training, fears, overcoming those fears, and uh, just kind of the general aspect of coming back from a serious injury because a lot of people think, oh, it's just a wrist and everything, but I think wrists are one of the like most serious injuries for a motocross rider. So uh, go ahead and kind of explain kind of your thoughts on that and coming back and uh, how you feel on it. Yeah, I definitely agree that um, the dirt bike, the wrist, is probably one of the worst things. Of course, like knees are super common, but the wrist, just everything goes through your wrist on the bike. You're always both hands on the bars. Um, the day it happened, I definitely had some thoughts about, like, is this what I want to continue to do as I was driving with my parents to the hospital and then back up to Denver? Just like, I can't keep putting myself through this. I've had some bad injuries, but, uh, you know, and then the next week I was already chomping at the bit and... Um, as far as recovery, it was a long one for me. A lot of time immobilized where I couldn't do anything with the wrist. So coming back from that, it was mostly getting in the gym. And while you can't do exactly what you do on the bike, there's no way to get that same feeling. Doing stuff like chest presses and um, I, I can't move, really move my wrist. But anything where I'm putting stress through the palm, into my wrist, through my elbow, that's what I tried to focus on just to mimic the, the bike movements and everything. Um, stretching as much as I can forward and backward and that's that's really what it came down to was just trying to get the same feeling that you get on the bike and then now that I'm back on the bike nothing beats that so each each time I'm on the bike I feel like I'm getting stronger I'm getting the movement back and I'm getting back to where I was but there was definitely a time there where I was kind of questioning myself in the dirt bike but I'm back at it and can't believe I ever would even think something like that so as far as like 
while, while you couldn't ride, like, a lot of us use, like, motocross as a therapy and everything. And me, I, I had, like, not depression or anything, but that, those those sad moments and everything of not being able to ride and seeing all your buddies being happy and being able to go out on the track. Like, how did you overcome those feelings and uh, stay positive through everything? Because I feel like that's where a lot of riders need uh, that, that leg up. And uh, how did you handle it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And um, I, I did still come to the track a few times and just still make some videos, hang out with some friends and cheer them on, you know, be their cameraman for a change and everything. Um, but then besides that, I actually distanced myself from it a bit. I, I went to the track a few times, but then when I wasn't at the track, it was like I had nothing to do with moto. I would play with an RC car. Uh, my wife, Allison, and I would go out and do stuff with the dog. And it was the kind of thing where some days at the track were good, but if I was at the track too much, then it started to almost be more sad because I'm out there watching all my friends have fun. So it was, it was like a give and take of being at the track a little bit but then getting away from motocross for a week or two and then coming back to the track so it was really just a accumulation of both um keeping it in proportion i guess so like new hobbies and like new other ways to make yourself happy and and get yourself uh out and about absolutely just taking your mind off of it because even with how my wrist was i couldn't even play video games so it's not like i could hop on a motocross video game and get the same feeling so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. Well, well, thank you for uh, talking with us and everything out the track. Like, I think this stuff is uh, exactly what we kind of get the, the same feelings and everything. It's good to be able to voice them and then uh, everybody come together and see how they handle situations and stuff. Yeah. So thanks for talking with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. I appreciate your time, and thanks for having me on. Thanks, buddy. So that was Daniel Olszewski at IMI uh, talking about his wrist injury. Uh, if you don't subscribe on YouTube with Daniel, uh, you should go o- follow uh, the return to Dio and Dio on uh, on YouTube. He's got a lot of good videos and a lot of good content that uh, reaches a lot outside, just more than just motocross, but uh, a lot with the bikes as well. So uh, go give him a subscribe. So with that being said, let's give a, a moment to thank our sponsors. Uh, everybody stay tuned to this and uh, get your pens and pencils out because there's a little code that you're going to want to write down and use uh, to get a discount on your suspension. Applied Technology brings Racetech suspension products, service, and enterprise to the Rocky Mountain region. With extensive experience in Racetech products and applications, we provide the same level of suspension service and support that you come to expect from the Racetech headquarters in Corona, California. Be sure to mention code RMRR2020 for a discount on your suspension service. Alrighty guys, seriously, if you need uh, suspension work or anything, go see Applied Technology. Uh, they they really do know their stuff, and uh, just overhearing them with their what they talk about and everything really opened up my eyes, and uh, I can't wait to get my uh, my suspension done with them. Uh, plans are as a, a spring conversion kit since uh, on the 350 KTM, so uh, uh, I plan on doing that eventually. But uh, yeah, use that code, get the discount, and... Uh, that will help us too because that means it shows them that you're listening to the show and uh, they keep continue to, to support us and it also supports them as well and uh, they do some uh, amazing stuff and who doesn't love race tech gold valves I mean come on guys so back into it and everything uh, the race season coming up and uh, coming off of injuries and everything you need to come back and work out and stretch and 
and, and be able to have your, your physical body and your mental uh, strength up to par so you're, you're race ready. So I saw a phys- like a, a physical trainer there at Lifetime. I have a gym membership at Lifetime, and uh, they give you a free hour with a, uh, a physical trainer or a, a personal trainer and everything there at the the lifetime and they go over your goals and all kinds of stuff and I sat down with a dude named Kevin he was pretty cool uh, small framed guy like me but uh, he understood where I was coming from and what I wanted and what I was looking for uh, understand my my sports background from high school and then my rodeo background uh, college rodeo and and then uh, leading into motocross and then he asked me about my goals and then my not my 2020 goals but my 21 goals as well so he laid me into a path that I, I'm pretty excited to go on and working out, but uh, I think we all need to do it as well. And a lot of things that we don't think about, a lot of guys think about endurance and, uh, and being able to go long. And yes, we do need that. Um, he did talk about that and getting your cardiovascular and uh, your veins and everything spread out for arm pump and not being super bulky and other things like that that we talked about. But uh, one thing I want to talk about today, just for my, uh, that I can relate so uh, and, and be able to talk about it, is just mobility. Um, after my knee injury, I can really feel it in my left leg, how tight and everything that I am and get. So he showed me some certain stretches that uh, I didn't really know about. So I know this is an audio, but imagine visually and just close your eyes and if you're in the the vehicle right now and don't go to sleep with my soothing voice but uh if you're in traffic maybe you're not telling the guy next to you um some good hand gestures or anything maybe you can just soothing relax right now and close your eyes and well don't close your eyes if you're driving that's not good but visualize this (laughs) um so you kind of are hunched over, but you want to keep your back really straight and everything. And then you put your elbows on a flat surface, like a table or anything. So you're bent over. Um, and then you have the leg that you're stretching is your lead foot. And then you have your back leg kind of a little bit behind you with no, no weight on it, kind of on your, your toe or anything. Just, just a little bit of, uh, um, just kind of, uh, just holding there for balance. And then you're going to just lean back and keep your back real straight and everything. You'll feel feel some tightness in your your quad and then your your um, hamstrings and everything. And you just want to move your knee back and forth and then kind of like your hips forward. And you'll really stretch out your your hamstrings and your glutes and and everything. And it opened up my eyes just doing it for like ten minutes because my knee felt great. So uh, that's one thing I just wanted to bring up after an injury and everything. You need to focus on stretching as well. And he says it does take to almost eight to nine months uh, to see any results. So yoga, as much as we probably make fun of yoga and or as I make fun of yoga, I'll make fun of all day other than yoga pants. Um, but yeah, yoga um, wasn't really on my to-do list, but I think uh, there's he... he gave me some classes that I might start going to. So, but focus on stretching as well as far, um, not just cardio. You need cardio, but don't just focus on that too. Try to get a good solid structure. Um, hopefully we can bring on some other industry members and, and continue this talk about training 
and uh, get some more knowledge because uh, I'm not an expert and I will never be an expert um, because it's just one thing I don't like to do is stretch or even work out. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can bring on some people and uh, we're we kind of trying to get it lined up and we'll, we'll figure it out for them. If not, uh, we'll continue to keep on giving results of what we're doing at at lifetime and everything and seeing how the stretchings go and then maybe i can come around on the track and ask you guys what you do for stretches before the track okay so now that we're healthy and we're back to healing and we're working on getting better and everything now what can we do to get faster so it's the off season and everything let's find out uh what some of the local pros have to say and what are the up-and-coming pros have to say and some of what the the vet c writers and everything have to say um, of what they do for training. So uh, let's see what the community has to say with these interviews. Hi, Garrett. So now that we're here, I am I and everything. And you're a local pro, uh, and it's the off season. What do you what, what are you focusing on today as far as off season off season training? And I know that you're working on the arena cross stuff too. So I want you to mention that as well. So uh, uh, give us this, what you're, you're you plan on working today at I am I. Uh, so what we're planning on working on today would be uh, cornering and just keeping up momentum. Uh, a little rusty, uh, haven't ridden too much, uh, it's been snowing, so we'll see what we can do. Um, as far as arena cross goes, uh, the arena cross is coming to town at the Budweiser Event Center, so we're putting some heavy laps there today and tomorrow and see if we can get some results. Perfect, perfect, I love it. Well, good luck in the arena cross season, and uh, I want you to send it hard and be safe, and uh, I'll be out out on the motocross track. All right, buddy, have a good time. So if you guys didn't notice, I sure did. Uh, I'll stop yelling in the microphone on the next portable uh, interviews and everything, but uh, one thing to pick up from that, other than the screaming at you, is Garrett with the momentum. That's key. You guys, uh, we all need to focus on carrying as much momentum into the corners and uh, being able to hold that speed through it and uh, carry it into the straightaways because we all can go fast in the straightaways, but uh, in the corners and everything, you got to be able to carry that momentum through those and, and be able to not be choppy or anything, be that smooth, smooth as fast. We all know that. So that was Garrett, and uh, let's let's see what we have to hear from, uh, I think, Taylor Burley next. Let's hear from Taylor. Being the off-season and you being a, a local pro, uh, what do you plan on uh, working on here at IMI for uh, your yourself and uh, uh, you, your next season of racing coming up? Well, right now I'm focusing on having fun out here with my little boy. He's going to ride today, and uh, for right now we're just going to go put in some laps. It's uh, been a minute since I've had some good motos, and going to go have some fun and get ready to have some fun next season and have a good healthy season and pick up some speed and quit being a goon. Alright, so uh, with you being, uh, this is Brayton's going to be like his first next full season of racing and everything, uh, depending on if he wants to like keep it at it and do every race. Uh, what's it like to become a, a, a new moto dad and a new 50 dad? Well, I'm new at it, so... Uh... It's all new for me, and Brayton's just getting into it, so uh, we're uh, it's all a new game for us, and we're just starting off, so we're loving it. What's the the best experience that you had so far with it? Uh, just seeing my boy ride and want to take after me. Awesome, dude, awesome. So here's the rest of the interviews and everything, and then we'll get to straight on to our uh, tech tip from uh, David Hill. 
So Bronson, you're out here at IMI. What do you think, buddy? Like, uh, what, what what are you gonna be working on today since uh, it's the off season and everything? Oh, we're just gonna be uh, putting in some motos. Um, just gotta keep the endurance up on the off season, you know. Maybe a little sprint action, but mostly just long motos today. Perfect, perfect. I like it. I'll uh, I'm gonna try to jump in behind you and uh, see if uh, you can really throw some roost on me. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, thank you. Alright, so we're out here with uh, out at IMI with uh, Dustin Marsh here. He's uh, a 30 C uh, rider, and uh, I wanted to get kind of some of his opinions of what he does as uh, that kind of class is for off-season training and uh, just some of the tips that he does for a better season in the future. And then uh, we, we kind of told him how the podcast was and everything, and he had some awesome suggestions that I wanted to get on tape too. So uh, here's Dustin Marsh with uh, what his tips are for off-season training and uh, that kind of level, and then a, a little bit more afterwards. Yeah, man, it's, as far as training, just don't stop riding. <laughs> you know, I'll be 40 in a week, and you stop riding, man. It, it gets old quick. But yeah, as far as the, the, the last year went, it was a great year for the opening annual of the RMRA. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk of big changes going on, and I mean, I, I realize that it's a, it's a group that takes everybody's opinions. you got to make a change, but it, it's definitely uh, looking good for the next coming year. Uh, I'd like to hear some more people's voices about uh, some of these changes, but, yeah, the, the off-season is what it is, and, yeah. Perfect. Do you think this podcast could be a, a good voice for that and uh, be able to take suggestions from people and be able to put it on a platform for everybody to be able to speak? Absolutely. You know, I say the more information, the better. You can never have too much information. Like, what are people saying? What really needs to change? Uh, uh, Sterling is a good example. And the, the Sterling last year, the rollers were bad. People were getting hurt. They stopped everything, went out there, knocked it down, made it safer. You know, it's 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 supposed to be safe and fun for everybody. That's the point of riding is because it's fun. That's awesome, dude. I uh, just want to thank you a ton for coming on and, and agreeing to, to speak on the show and everything. And then uh, I wish you the best. And are, are you racing any uh, arena cross this year? I haven't pulled the trigger out anything yet, man. I gotta, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. Awesome. Well, we'll be out at the races and everything. And I wish you the best. And I hope you stay safe out at them and uh, kick those guys' butt, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. So Dustin Marsh brought up a, a pretty good point when we were talking out at the track uh, that. We need to get the industry members listening, um, and this is a good podcast that they can listen to, and uh, we can relay some of our thoughts or some of our ideas and everything without everybody just going on Facebook uh, and kind of commenting, because then if we do it this way too, we don't get any repercussions from any comments um, afterwards. You guys can just make me the the person or the the people person that they can point a, a finger to and uh, blame and you guys not take the flack or get any replies on comments or anything and be able to voice uh, your opinions freely and uh, not get any kind of barrage of comments from anybody because uh, that just stifens creativity and uh, people's commenting and stuff and then peop- uh, the community suffers so if there's anything we want to make better or anything that's what we're trying to do uh, make the tracks better, make the racing better, um, any kind of other ideas. So that's the other thing too is the people who with the money who can change stuff, invest in those who um, can actually make changes or are ingenuitive and are thinking 
uh, forward thinking, um, we can really have uh, uh, change Colorado motocross and make it next level stuff. So, uh, yeah, if you guys have any ideas, let me know. So that leads into our next good idea, and that's our tech tip. Uh, the next interviews from David Hill out at uh, IMI as well. I think we're going to be working a lot with David. Uh, hopefully, I'm not going to give too much away right now, but he has something pretty outstanding that he has uh, wanting to do. And uh, until we get some more details and stuff, uh, I'll hold off on announcing it. But uh, I think he's got um, some big plans for uh, uh, somebody, and it's a, a pretty cool dude. So he's a volunteer firefighter as well, and uh, he does some really really awesome rebuilds on bikes and he had an awesome tech 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 tip about removing rust from uh certain parts so here you go so if you have a works pipe uh the best thing i found out was just to mix vinegar with water it's i think it's two to one uh but i put like two gallons of vinegar into a big tote and then added like 10 gallons of water or something like that or five gallons of water and then I let the exhaust pipe sit in there for probably three days. You can do it overnight and it'll probably work just the same. But once I got it out, I took some Scotch-Brite to it, polished it up a little bit. And then uh, since I have the means to trace all the welds, I use a TIG welder and trace all the welds to make it look like it was an actual works pipe. Perfect, man. Yeah, that's a great tip. I, I, I didn't think about something like that. And if you guys are following us on Instagram and everything, you've probably seen this 125 on my uh, my story. So if you're ever if you see the pipe and the the work that he did, uh, you'll you'll be able to see um, exactly what I'm talking about and how how well uh, it removed all the rust and and how great the pipe looks. So uh, thank you again for coming on and uh, everybody keep on subscribing, stay tuned, and uh, this is what we're all about is providing feedback and getting suggestions from everybody and uh, and sharing all these awesome tips to make everybody better so yeah that was david hill with uh his little tech tip and everything like i said before we're going to be working with david a lot he's got some good ideas he's a volunteer firefighter and uh wants to help out the community a lot so we're going to help him out and spread his word on our platform as he gets the details and everything and uh we plan on working with him a lot so the largest misconception with social media nowadays is the more likes you get, the better and everything. Likes really don't matter at all. Um, so if you guys could share the posts, if you like a like a, a graphic or if you like a video or something, the biggest way to help us out is to be able to share it because then your followers and your people see it and then they come to the page and that creates more followers. Um, and then that it just opens up the audience and everything, and then we can have more topics to top, talk about. Uh, we'll have more sponsors looking at us. We'll have all kinds of different, more, it, just more and more and more and more stuff. Likes are just kind of, this is how popular a post is kind of thing. It doesn't really grow the page too much. So I know it's kind of beggy and, and kind of like, please, please, please. But that is the easiest way to share it. Uh, I'm going to continue my efforts on all my posts and everything too, but not just there, but my efforts on like getting shirts, um, getting swag, um, all the, like I'm thinking keychains, 
um, like maybe each race will have a different keychain or something and be able to hand out. Um, I, I like collecting that stuff on my moto van. So I'm trying to think of their, um, t-shirts are really expensive, but I'm going to do t-shirts and then we're going to hand them out. We're also going to sell them depending on the logos and stuff. Um, I didn't know how expensive that stuff was, uh, by setting up a screen and then how many colors and it, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, uh, I'm going to try to find some avenues there. And then the other thing is trophies too. Uh, I need to order those, uh, once the schedule comes out and, um, I'm trying to see if there's any other sponsors that come on a board as well, because they'll be on our trophies. Um, so I want to make sure that um, everybody who wants to be represented, represented um, has the opportunity to. Um, but yeah, other than that, we're going to continue on. I'm going to start uh, episode three here soon. Um, so we'll, we'll see. And then we'll continue to roll these out on probably Fridays. Um, Arena Cross is happening, and I know some of them are on Friday nights too, so maybe we can all listen at the track together, and, and while I'm walking around and doing more interviews, you guys can all let me know what the podcast is doing. Uh, I think with how much everybody's been asking, uh, there's been a lot of positive feedback about um, going to the Arena Crosses and doing interviews, and everybody's like, yeah, talk to me there, uh, whether it was at the track and stuff too, because um, I kind of hit them right on the spot. So they wanted some time to think about what they wanted to say on air. And, yeah, um, I hope everybody the best, and I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas, um, and I hope this new year is rolling because 2019 was awesome for me, so I think 2020 is going to be just keep rolling with the punches. I'm going to stay with the positivity. I know everybody says that. I always see those posts and everything about how this year just rolled over somebody, but I'm not going to let it beat me down. I'm going to keep on taking it by the horns, and we got a lot of good things coming with 2020. Um, so, yeah, um, not just racing, but for the country and everybody. So it, it, good things are coming. So we'll keep this economy growing and everything, and hopefully we, as a community, can start bringing all these outsider states and bringing money into um, our state for more tracks. Make sure that like these guys come and visit us um, to ride our tracks. That's this is another way to put a platform out there and, and correlate with everybody else's videos and pictures and all kinds of stuff. So everybody's like, man, I really want to go to Colorado and ride there because that's more money into the tracks. That's more money into the industry for people buying chemicals or tires or whatever they may need or if they break down. So uh, all this is is benefit for the community and everything and be able to grow and make it better. Bigger racing, um, everything's always good. It might be more packed tracks. That's the only downfall I could see. But other than that, the more money we bring in for motocross makes it better for everybody riding. Um, more money to the track owners means they can buy, well, depending on their structure. So the other thing, too, is we got to invest in people who um, listen to our podcast and listen to um, our voices because that's when they take our suggestions and make it better. So another thing that I'm going to have, too, is maybe a track recommendation or a track thing every every episode whether it be you want to ride this track or i want to not just shout outs to tracks but um probably like i'm going to give a secret tip out of my book that i got right here i don't know if everybody can hear that but probably because this microphone's pretty good but i'm going to i have a whole book of all these ideas that i wanted to do um if i was like when i opened up my track but with 
how hard it is with insurance and everything so I'm gonna start giving out my secrets one by one um, depending on if I get super rich by my construction job um, and be able to open my own idea um, track and everything here in Colorado then I'm gonna save the the best secrets for myself but Here's one that I always had that I think would recommend or uh, revolutionize Colorado motocross tracks. Uh, I think it's very plausible for IMI to do. Definitely Thunder Valley um, and maybe some others. Uh, Aztec, they might be able to do it. I think uh, we we know enough concrete guys, and I'm, I'm pretty good at concrete and pouring and everything, so maybe we can do it as well. So here's the, the track suggestion or track recommendation that would uh, put Colorado on the next step up. Um, so it's pretty common in California, if we've all ridden there, that they have bike wash stations. Um, they're exactly like a car wash, except for they're really tiny. They're like a vending machine size. Um, and then they have a concrete um, dirt bike stand right next to them. You go there, you swipe your card, um, and it's exactly like a car wash, and you spray off and wash your bike. So track owners, there's one for you. Um, I think uh, this would put your track on the next level um, as far as um, motocross is going. I think the larger tracks um, is kind of could go this route. Remember, all your pay, like you got to pay for the the system and and the installation. But after that, you got to think about all the people dropping their dollars in there um, to be able to wash their bikes right after they ride. So if you set it up correctly towards your track and have a nice drainage where it doesn't create an issue for you. Um, and you have a nice dirt bike wash station out there with power and uh, people come in, bring with their cards, they swipe their card, they spray off their bike, um, and then they go home. I would much rather have this than me to go to a car wash and have to unload my bike after I already loaded up. And I would much rather give my money to track owners than I would a car wash. So track owners, that's a whole nother business for you. Um, it's a probably a couple grand uh, technology or anything. Um, those little vending machine pressure washer stations. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. But uh, yeah, that would easily pay for itself and also bring you in more revenue um, for you to get more equipment, et cetera, et cetera, and build and grow your, um, your track. So there's just a suggestion there. Uh, I got a whole book full of them, and we're going to give one out each episode, and I'm going to keep all the good ones for myself. Other than that, if uh, some track owners and stuff want to reach out to me personally and ask um, some of my ideas that I have down, and if I, um, if I think that you know, this person can actually go places and I want to invest in you as well, I absolutely will. Um, I have kind of a lot of ideas not saying I know everything because I sure in the heck don't but I like to think that I'm creative and I always put my ideas on the on paper um, so that I don't forget them because uh, you never know what's a, a good dollar you know you got to hustle in this world uh, work hard play hard so uh, I'm down to work hard for sure um, and also I wanted to mention to the sponsors listening and everything too. remember um, my sponsorship program and everything is structured so that I promote you just as hard as I promote myself. 
Um, you're on everything that I pro promote for myself. So everything that I do, um, I do right there alongside with you. So uh, I, I promise I promote like all the faith in myself. I put my faith in you and I, uh, I promote your stuff just as hard as uh, I promote this podcast. So uh, this is so far our longest episode. Hopefully when we get some interviews going on with the family sh spotlights and everything, um, we got to start getting these scheduled down, especially once the season starts. I, I want to knock out all these uh, at least before March. Um, we're meeting with Derek Anderson um, probably at the end of July, January, sorry, not July. And I want to give him uh, a proper special episode just for him as a good thank you to all the community and thank you to him as well for all the stuff that he's done. Um, I've always watched him at Thunder Valley. Um, I used to play uh, against him on, on video games and everything as himself uh, on MX versus ATV. Uh, I don't know, Supercross, I don't know, Some it's the older game, so I don't know if the youngins really know. But yeah, he's on a, in a video game back before all of this Monster Supercross 2 so, uh, stuff's been going on since the newer games and all the technology, and uh, he's he was always one of the fast guys on there, just like all of our privateers are the fast ones on uh, Supercross uh, now. But, so, um, please remember to share. I'm going to beat it one more time. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, and stay tuned, subscribe on any platform that you're showing. You can send it and text it to people um, and all kinds of stuff. So just use that share button as much as possible to help everyone out and uh, stay tuned. I'm going to start ordering shirts uh, probably after Christmas and uh, we'll get you guys some free stuff here soon. Uh, I think it's only right because all you guys uh, made an outstanding effort. All my friends, James Hess, uh, Taylor Burley, Garrett Nibbler, all you guys sharing without me even asking. Uh, God bless you guys. Um, David Hill. All you people that take your time out of your day to help out and share and respond, um, that just means a lot. So you guys are awesome. Um, continue to share, and let's try to get some of the industry members and uh, more more people listening. And uh, maybe everybody tag Eli Tomac and Andrew Short and all the local boys, all the big dog pros and everything, and get them to try to see this podcast. Uh, maybe we can get them to, to mention us or listen in and everything, and maybe they can help put Colorado a, a little bit better on the spot too, you know. Uh, we, they can give us suggestions or what they, they think uh, we could alter the tracks a little bit. Um, I think some of the jumps, I think, actually not some of the jumps, I think a lot of the jumps need teared down and updated for like physics and uh, actually engineered and uh, thought out, and I think that would go a long way as well. Um, just my opinion. That's just me. Um, I think newer jumps, um, newer, safer jumps and everything, the way that they're just structured, um, you're starting to see it more in Texas and in California. So let's, let's step our game up and start taking back Colorado motocross. All right, guys, thank you for listening in. I appreciate it and, uh, God bless. All right, everybody, thank you again. Hit that subscribe button, the share buttons, do it all. You know, if they want to think applied technology, you guys better write that code down for your suspension work and everything. Make sure you get a discount. Go hit them up. Don't be dumb. That's that's free money, man. Go, go.
go get a discount with him um so he'll hook you up so here's a tune uh i hope you enjoy it listening out to the track have a good time guys don't forget about that code it's rmrr 2020 go get your uh, suspension done before the season starts up once again hit it up